Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. Today, I have one of my favorite soul sisters and good friends on the show, Jen Casey. Some of you guys may know Jen Casey. She is a business strategy and master mindset coach for online coaches and network marketers who want to think like top earner badasses and turn their social media into sales. Jen is also the creator of the signature program, Pitch to Your Niche, and host of one of the most badass, amazing, top-rated podcasts called Inner Boss Podcast. So if you don't know Jen, now you do, and you got to go listen to her podcast and check all her stuff out. You're going to fall in love with her because she drops so much gold in today's episode around magnetic leadership, selling with soul, and how to shift at the subconscious level. I absolutely love Jen. I got to spend some time with her in Austin a couple months ago, and she is just doing so many big things in the world and has so much to share and offer with you to you in this episode. And I'm excited for you to dive in. So without further ado, let's welcome Jen onto the show. Welcome to the show, Jen. I'm so excited to have you here and super pumped for you to share your magic with everyone. Oh my God, I can't wait. You're one of my favorite people and getting to (laughs) hang out with you in person, which is like the best. So I'm really excited to be here. I know. Austin Soul Sisters (laughs) trip. So for those of you, or for those who are listening that may not know who you are, I would love for you to kind of open up and share a little bit about what got you, not what got you started, but what led you to doing what you're doing now and and really helping people nail down their niche and their strategy with their soul-centered business. Okay. Yeah. So for me, you know, I had started the first online business stuff back in 2011 kind of dabbled in network marketing. The whole online world was so new to me at the time. And I wasn't really seriously growing anything. Like just to give you some context, one of my first attempts at signing new customers, this was like day two of being an entrepreneur. I was like, I know what I'll do. And I went and I printed out really ugly pick art flyers (laughs) and like to sell my like health and wellness stuff. Oh and went and sat there. I was so proud of myself. At the bottom, it had my name and my phone number and my email. And I went with scissors and I cut every single little line. And I went and I hung these really dumb flyers on every single bulletin board. And I just remember being like, I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to make so many sales. Oh my God. And then the next day I went back to go admire my work and they were all taken down. <laughs> I was oh like, no. Nah. Because it was against like, I I was hanging them at my college. So it was like against school policy. You had to get approval to be on the bulletin boards, which Mm -hmm. I didn't know. So I just remember like that was my first failure. Like that was my first moment of devastation. And uh, it's just gotten more interesting from there. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of went all in with 
health and wellness coaching in 2014. That was really when it became a business. And I was coaching and training and helping people in the health and wellness space. And then that transitioned into the business world. And it got to a point where I had multiple six-figure you know, business coaching happening. And a huge pivotal moment for me happened when I went to Tony Robbins. And mind you, prior to this, I'd been doing so much personal development. I was like a co-host of a law of attraction meetup group. So I was already like elbow deep in the woo. Um, But when I went to Tony Robbins, I really got introduced to a much deeper level. Like it really sparked that interest of really coming back to my roots because I went to school for psychology, really Mm -hmm. coming back to that and really looking at business and like becoming the CEO of your business through the lens of psychology and like a brain-based approach to kind of looking at how people get from point A to point B. And for me, when I left Tony Robbins, I just remember coming home and thinking, shit, what am I going to do? Like it just completely changed the way that I looked at how I coached and trained. And I had, I remember at the time, a group coaching program with a couple hundred people or not a couple hundred, like maybe 150 people in it. And I, I was like, what do I, what do I teach them now? Like, it's so like, I can't show up in the same way that I was. Like, I am forever changed. I now know too much. I can't go back to just answering their questions at face value. Yeah. Giving them the strategy because I, the doors were open for me and I saw that there was such a deeper need of really looking at all of the limiting beliefs that were actually motivating the questions they were asking. Mm. And so that really inspired me to kind of take a, not not necessarily a step back, but definitely to kind of pause and reevaluate how I was showing up as a coach. And I, I'm not a huge golf fan, but I remember hearing this and thinking, oh, that's what I'm doing. That Tiger Woods was at the top of his game, you know, crushing it, doing really well. And he pulled himself out of the game of golf to go work on his swing. And mm-hmm. the adjustment that he made was such a subtle little tweak. But when he came back into the game, he was totally dominant. And I remember hearing that thinking, okay, that is what I need to do. I need to rework my swing, rework the way that I'm showing up as a coach. Wow. So kind of the the next year, I I don't want to say I was in hiding, but I was, for some people, even some clients of mine I talked to the other day, they were like, we didn't know where you went. Like, where were you? You weren't live. You weren't doing this. You weren't doing that. I was learning. I was processing. I was working on myself. I was working on the stuff behind the scenes. I was really trying to figure out how do I, cause for me, like integrity and mastery are just like such big pieces of like how I show up and run my business mm. and teaching the way that I was before was out of integrity. And I also like wanted that level of mastery to really be able to, you know, I, I was never looking at this from like a short term, like, Oh, I just want to make some quick cash. Like, yeah. so this is my mission. Like we, we need to be the best. We need yeah. to be like, not to be better than other people, but just to serve at the highest possible level. Mm. And so I went and, you know, was doing all this studying, all this reading got certified and, you know, master in NLP and hypnosis and all of that stuff. And, you know, all of this started coming together in such a like powerful concoction. And it was like, now looking back, it's like, of course, that's what I was supposed to be doing with, through this lens. Like I went to school for psychology. I was an actor. So I would like, I was just thinking about it today. I'm actually at my parents' house right now, uh, Mm. had to come stop by here. And I was looking at all the old books that I had as a performer and sitting there like two enormous dictionaries, these Shakespeare lexicons where I would be learning Shakespeare text and I'd be sitting there and underlining words that I didn't know because obviously it's Shakespeare. So like going into the lexicon and defining them and being like, oh, that's what it means. And that's, so I've always been really obsessed with the psychology of like why people do what they do, like even as an actor, even as in my psych degree. 
And then really looking at language and studying like why people say what they say. What does it really mean? How do we use language and psychology to really create more expansiveness for learning, whether it be in business or in, in whatever you're doing? So yeah, now today, that's like kind of what I'm really obsessed with. I love it. And I love hearing your story because I've never like heard it in that way. I'm just like imagining you putting the flyers up in New York. (laughs) I went through a whole flyer phase too. What, what, yeah, I did. I really did. (laughs) What um, Tony Robbins event was it that you went to? So we went to UPW first, Mm. Unleash the Power Within. Um, So that was really where things massively pivoted for me. And then, I mean, from there, then I ended up going to date with Destiny that like a couple months later and I was, you know, went to UPW again and then did business mastery and wow, so you went mastermind. And I was like all in, I think, you know, I remember being at date with Destiny a couple months later and realizing that I had gone to different events. Like I just made a decision that summer. I was like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, travel more, network more, meet more people. And like that October, I went to event. November, I went to event. December, I was a date with Destiny. Mm. I remember having a conversation with a friend of ours. And I said, you know, how are you running your business and traveling so much? She's like, I just decided. I like realized that I had the, ex- I could do it. I could figure it out, had the funds. Like I just started booking flights. Wow. I like, oh, wait a minute. I can do that too. Why am I just like sitting, looking at somebody else going, man, I wish I could have their life. I yeah. Could- I could be an influencer like them and travel. <laughs> oh, wait, you can. Yes, you can. So I just decided that year that I was going to go to a different event every single month. Wow. So I did. And I was in a mastermind. So that helped because that was like four <laughs> events like built in. And then I did a bunch of Tony events. I did the NLP stuff, two of the trainings for that. And I mean, it was a lot of time away from the business, but that's kind of where people were like, where did Jen go? I was like, wow. well, I was traveling a ton. Yeah. But I was doing a lot of the inner work and a lot of the inner work on myself and also the inner work on like the infrastructure of a business. Yeah. That was actually going to be my next question around the taking time off thing. Like, did you completely step away for that year while you were doing the inner work or did you, were you still like, did you still have a program or whatever? Yeah. I was still running programs. I was still launching, you know, still had, you know, a very successful business, but previously I was operating from, I need to be live every single day all the time. (laughs) And I was like, I don't feel aligned to doing that. I want to create an evergreen webinar and a funnel and generate revenue where I don't have to be present. And like, that's still going, like Mm -hmm. I still get paid, like just because it's set up. And for me, I'm an introvert. So I'm like, how do I take more off my plate? How do I protect my energy? Um, so that was a big thing. And then the other side to like stepping away at first, it was very challenging because at that time I had just gotten out of a business partnership. And so I went from like having a team and having somebody to collaborate with to now being back to like where I started of like being by myself again as a solo entrepreneur and like rebuilding a wow. team and like having to like, <laughs> like, Oh shit, it's a lot harder when you're doing it by yourself at that level. And like having all these clients that you're taking care of. So that I started to realize, you know, seeing all the people that I was interacting with, either they were stepping out at those events that they had paid all this money for, stepping up and like, I gotta go do coaching call. And I was like, I don't want to do that. That's, yeah. why am I here if I have to work the entire time? I'm here to learn and grow and expand and become the next level version of leadership. And I can't run the business, be in the business while also working on the business, which is why I was going to all those events. Mm. And so 
um, you know, I, I really had to just kind of change the way that I'd previously looked at business in the past. I was like, hustle, work, you know, be the hero. I can do it all myself. Look at me, everybody. And I wore that as a badge of honor. And really there was a big shift in realizing that no, that's not a badge of honor. You're not able to serve at your highest level. You're burnt the F out. You're tired. You can't learn in the, at the, at the level that you want to learn. You can't be present unless you have a team, unless you have people helping you. And so I like in the last two years, two and a half years, I've really started to like very seriously, like put the right people in the right seats and like really step into this like new role of, of being like a CEO, being a leader in my business and, and not having to juggle everything and have my hand in everything and be in control of everything. Mm-hmm. I know for a lot of people, that's, that's a challenge, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, that was a huge thing. Cause I, if I was not building a team, I would not have been able to continue traveling. And even with a team, it was challenging to yeah. bring new people on and train them when you're leaving every three weeks. Wow. You know, like that was definitely a challenge, but we figured it out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like um, you really honored like what you were feeling pulled to do, like in the form of like stepping back and like protecting your energy. I like how you explained that because I feel like a lot of people do really, I always talk about like be consistent and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's like, it is important to protect your energy. And like, where is that spent? Like, where's that best spent? Like your energy, you know? Um. Oh, I did. I was like, did she not hear me? Um, (laughs) I was just saying it's important to protect your energy and like just focus on where it's like best spent. Yeah. So I like how you said that. Did it take you a while to create like a funnel in Evergreen that was like really working well for you? Yeah. Evergreen funnels are interesting. I think really refining that for some people it happens quickly, but for, I would say a larger majority of the people, it takes a little finessing because there are a lot of different pieces to it, different email sequences, you know, getting the offer right, getting the webinar right, getting the pitch right, getting, um, you know, the, the sales page right. Like there's so many different components that go into it, getting, having the, um, the right freemium that leads into the Facebook ad, like with the Facebook ads that having the conversions for that. So there's like a lot of different pieces to it. And I think one of the challenges as to why it can take a little bit of time to optimize is there are a lot of pieces to it and you don't want to change everything if something isn't working. Mm. You have to be uh, the scientist about it and just change one little thing and like change your pricing. That's the only thing you touch. And then you test it again. Okay. That didn't change anything. Okay. Go back. Uh, Now we're going to change the title of it or change the, the, the title of the webinar see if that change. Okay. That, you know, so there's, I don't want to say it's a slow process because I don't, would not want to project that belief onto anyone, but I will say that it's, it's not an overnight or it hasn't been an overnight thing for me. Like it's, yeah. it's like we were working on for like a year and a half, like still refining. And I'm like, I want to go back and like make it better and like redo the webinar, redo all these things. Cause mm-hmm. I think we can get even better conversions and scale it even faster. Wow. So it's kind of all about just like testing it out and seeing what's working, what's not working and refining it. Yeah. I would say the the biggest thing that having an evergreen webinar has taught me is like, it's not for everyone. <laughs> and you have to be like really patient, like, or like at least go in be and be willing to be patient. Like if you're expecting it to be like perfect immediately, like sure, set that intention. 
and also be willing to put in the work to optimize it. Yeah. And do, I, yeah. do you also work with people like in group coaching settings, like around like the deeper subconscious stuff around selling? Do you, and you combine like mindset and with the sales? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, so kind of the way that I have it set up currently and we're like tweaking things, changing things. We have one program that's like our signature course and we have the evergreen webinar going to that. And then we also have an option to kind of like upgrade and have like the group coaching experience along with it. And in that, we definitely go a lot deeper, obviously, because I'm doing laser coaching, hot seat coaching with people. So we can go a lot deeper into um, a lot of the issues. But I think what, what I also brought in like I said, I'm always like, I, I'm an INTJ. So I like to break things and fix them and break things and fix them. This is my journey. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I, so I had this course, I noticed that it was not converting in the way or like it was selling fine, but I was not happy with the layout of the course. Cause it didn't feel like it was really delivering the highest level of transformation. Mm. And so I was like, okay, I need to rework this and basically using like what I now teach is like my brain-based kind of method, my approach to course creation, really setting it up and laying it out in a way where you're basically, it's using psychology to teach Mm. and mapping it out in a way that helps people actually get the transformation. And what I started to notice when I was first going through just even like the, the course without the group coaching or so rather, so I had the course, it was with group coaching. We took away the group coaching. I said, let's scale the program. Let's make it evergreen make it a little less expensive, all this. And I saw that that was the issue, that people weren't getting the same transformation because I was filling in all these gaps for different personality types, for different questions through the group coaching. And yeah. Like, well, now what do we do? We're, we've scaled this program. Tons of people are buying it, but now there's, there's a gap in the actual program. And so that was when I was like, okay, I need to take, take a more holistic approach to the way that I'm teaching, learned a lot about you know, how to teach from like, the psychology perspective reworked the entire course. And what I, I mean, one of the things um, among several that I've done that I teach within this method is like really looking at what are the, some, some of the biggest objections that people have, even when they're already in your course. So Mm -hmm. for example, like we talk about niching down in the course. Well, I always was giving like the how right away. Like you need a niche. Like, of course you need a niche. Here's how to do it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of other people didn't understand why that was important. Mm. And they also had a lot of beliefs around well, I don't want to niche down. Like, I don't want to exclude people from my business. And so within the program, now I've weaved in dealing with all of those objections that we were previously getting in the Facebook group and kind of weaved them into the actual program and the content that they're getting. Mm. So we're addressing all the biggest questions up front so then they don't have them as they go through and they can just go and learn and implement. That's awesome. Yeah. What is your best advice for people who are trying to really get clear about their niche? Oh man. I know that's probably a big question. (laughs) That is a big question. So I would say people who are, most people at this point, if you've been in the online space for any length of time, you probably realized that speaking to everyone means speaking to no one. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of people that will want to, even though they see that, it's like, don't take my word for it. Look at your data. Are you getting sales based on what you're doing? No. Okay. Let's try something else. And I always use the example of, uh, planet fitness that in 2017, they increased their revenue to 429.9 million. It was a 13.7% increase. And so I'm like, well, based on those numbers, can we all agree that they are successful? And most people say, well, yeah, 
Like I'll take a $4 million business any day. Mm -hmm. So let's look at their marketing strategy. Well, if you've ever been in Planet Fitness, you may have uh, seen that they have lunk alarms all over the walls. And it says no dropping weights, no string tank tops, no wearing jeans, no sandals. Monday is pizza day. Their membership is $10 a month. Mm -hmm. They have Tootsie Rolls at the front because they are specifically marketing to the average Joe, to the non-gym goer. Mm -hmm. That's why it's $10 a month. And they are excluding, like very publicly rejecting, excluding the like gym rat person, mm. the, the guy who's going to be pick things up and put them down. Like they have so much of that built into their marketing and it's so crystal clear. No one else is really doing that and not doing it at the scale that they were doing it. You know, there's all these specialty clubs that are out there, you know, that are basically like country club versions of fitness centers, but there wasn't really, and then there was like the 24 hour places where people would go if they were like really, really fit people, <laughs> but there was no place for the average Joe. There was no place yeah. for the person who doesn't want to walk in and see everybody in their like lemons and their cute little tank top. Cause they're just like rocking their like old t-shirt. So they really found and carved out this, this little area of the market and very strategically position their $10 a month membership because mm -hmm. the amount of, and I don't know the exact numbers, but I can see because I have worked in gyms before and, you know, would look at the numbers for those, like in order for Planet Fitness to be successful and continue to make money and also to continue to run a good club, they are banking, they're like leaning into the idea that m the majority of their members are not going to come regularly. Mm. right? Like if all of their members came to the club on the same day, they would not have enough equipment. Yeah. They just would not. So they actually like being able to like, yes, they're giving people pizza day so that they come back and maintain their membership, but they're also leaning into the idea that they don't want every single piece of equipment to be full. They yeah. need to like, that's why they're able to make money at $10 a month membership. And also people go, ah, $10 a month, I won't cancel it, right? So like there is so much psychology behind the way that they, and a lot of strategy behind choosing this very specific niche and then scaling the shit out of it. Like they wow. are so ninja and so intentional with it. I love that example. Oh, thanks. Thanks. But it's like, if we can look at that and we can see success leaves clues, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if not having a niche and speaking to everyone was the key to success, Planet Fitness would not be a monster in the industry. They mm. would not be making hundred, uh, you know, hundred million dollar years and increasing at such a fast pace when there's so much competition in the fitness and wellness and beauty world. But like they're dominant and they're still growing. Well, why? Because they know who they're speaking to. So, I mean, when people come into even my courses, like I give examples like that because that's one of the biggest objections of like, well, I don't want to be too niched or like, what if I choose the wrong niche? Or, uh, you know, I don't want to exclude people. It's like, well, don't take my word for it. Just look at success. Look at the companies that are crushing it. There's evidence right there as to why having a niche is going to help your business grow a lot faster, especially in the beginning. Because then sometimes yeah. people come to me and go, well, Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins, he <laughs> helps people with all these different things. So if he helps people, I'm like, are you saying you're on the level of Tony Robbins? Have you done 60 years <laughs> of, of work of helping people? But what people don't see is that Tony Robbins started with a very clear niche. Mm. He, even, and he, was, he claims that he was like the person who created the idea of coaching, which maybe he did, maybe he didn't, I don't know. But if you look at his origins, he started by helping people with phobias, 
And he talks about some of these stories here at his events where he helped this woman with this like really intense snake phobia in front of 500 people. Well, this woman had been working with a therapist for seven years. So you help somebody get over, like you are now the go-to person for phobias for on the extreme end. And he was yeah. also helping people with really severe like cigarette and, and different addictions. So he kind of carved out this little tiny slice in the market. But as soon as he niched into that and people were like, oh, you helped somebody with that extreme issue. I wonder if you could help me with my marriage. I wonder if you could help me with this thing mm-hmm. on and on and on. Yeah. Already because he niched, he already established himself as a go-to expert in the industry. And you guys even look, you know, like social media marketing world, they have a summit and they're a live event and they pull the people who are specialists in Facebook groups, specialists in Instagram, specialists in Facebook ads, specialists in podcasting. They're not bringing the general business coach or the person who likes marketing to come speak at the event because what are they talking about? They're bringing the person that's done their research, that's gone all in on a specific topic and is the authority in that area. So I'm just like, there's so much evidence of this and I know niching down can feel scary. We get in our heads. We're like, what if I choose the wrong thing? What if I build this whole thing and I don't like it? What if it doesn't work? Where will I find people? Like there's so many questions, but it's yeah. like, lean in. Like just, just try it. Try it for 90 days. Try it for 30 days. I was just going to ask that. Like, well, what, what do you say to people who are like nervous that they're going to choose the wrong niche or not be clear enough or like change their mind or whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, I'd say, I think in the beginning, you're probably not going to be clear. Like, and you're not, like, it doesn't have to be clear. Yeah. Because action breeds clarity. So way too many people are sitting behind their computer by themselves going, I think this will be a good niche or should it be this or should it be that? They're not doing any market research or talking to anyone to actually validate that that's a need in the market. Like that those people even want and need what they're offering. They're mm-hmm. not testing their ideas and validating them. And they're, they're also not getting the f- necessary feedback from their audience. Like your audience that you're building, the people that you interact with, they're going to help you kind of chisel away and refine your message. They're going to help develop the, the brand culture, the messaging. Like obviously you want to be clear about that going into it as much as possible. But I mean, my message has changed. Mine's evolved. Yours has evolved. Every single one of our friends that we've had, we all kind of started somewhere like health and fitness or relationship coaching or whatever. And Mm. through doing that thing and committing and going all in, that's the only way that you're going to know if you really like it. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause you really made a pretty big transition from the health and wellness kind of space to more of the deep subconscious selling business side of things. Yeah. It might not seem like such a big jump, but it probably, well, yeah. It, 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 so they, that's the thing too. Like people get really caught up in the idea that what if people think I'm flaky? What if I've been there? <laughs> judge me, right? Like I'm changing my thing again. And I was just talking to one one of my good friends and clients and what she was describing, I'm like, she's like, should I do this niche where it's going to be this, 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 and this, or should I do this? And I was like, I'm going to be real with you. They're the same. (laughs) (laughs) The literal same. But for her in her head, like she was framing it in such a way where it felt so different or that it was going to be so different from the outside looking in. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what you've been doing this entire time. (laughs) Like just keep doing that. Like we get in our own way way too much when it comes to niching down. And I think it really almost becomes like that sticking point for people, but it also becomes a really easy out to not take action. So we want to be careful of that side of it as well. 
But for me, like I went all in with network marketing. I went all in and I was like a group fitness instructor. I was teaching four classes a week. I loved it. And then I didn't want to do it anymore. And I realized that within my network marketing company, I wanted, I was spending more time creating training videos for my team than actually like talking about health and wellness on my social media platforms. Mm. And I remember I had an upline that was like, you can't, you know, you have to send invites. <laughs> you, you have to reach out to more people. You, you can't make money, uh, you know, just creating business videos all day long. <laughs> kind of jokes on her. Cause like, hello, it's what I literally do for a living. But wow. um, like, you know, other people are going to have their opinions about what you do. They're going to have beliefs about what's possible, but like no one knows what your mission and purpose is except for you. So just like, who gives a shit if people are confused by what you do? Yeah. They'll either figure it out and stay on board or they're probably not your avatar anymore. So it doesn't matter. Um, like, I don't know. I think we just get in, in our own way. Like I see so, and I did too. That's why I'm saying this, you know, like, I, but I remember having a little bit of guilt, not quite to the level that some of the people that I work with where they have these big teams and their uplines, giving them all this like nonsense. My team was fairly chill about me walking away. They were, I didn't make it such a final thing though, in my own head. It wasn't like, I can never go back. I'm leaving forever. I was just like, Hey guys, I'm going to go, I'm not going to run a challenge this month. Like, I'm just going to go like explore this other thing. I've already got some business coaching clients. Can you guys hold down the fort? And they were just like, actually, I'm busy. No, I can't. And I was like, awesome. So I guess we're not doing one this month. And that was the end of it. But it wasn't like, I'm leaving and this is our good goodbye. Like I didn't make yeah. it so high stakes and so dramatic. And, um, you know, so then from there, I went into teaching live video. I was niched into that for a while and, and helping people kind of build out some funnels and different things like that. For a while, I had a business partner and we really focused all in on health coaches and strategy. And like, I really didn't talk about the, the mindset side of things mm. that much in my courses, but I, of course, in my content on my live videos, is, it always seemed to come back to that. And then, like I said, after I went to that Tony Robbins event and really, and even recently, like I've been recognizing more and more like, oh no, 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 like my area is like sales psychology. Mm. And like, there is mindset elements to that and there are legs to that. But like, that's my niche. That's my focus. That's the thing that I am going to be known for, you know? So it's like, that's evolved so much. And I, I just don't make it mean that I'm flaky or that I'm a failure or that people are going to judge me. Like nobody cares. No one's watching your stuff that closely. If they are your people, they're probably at the, they're probably a few steps behind you waiting for your next level of evolution so that they can come along and learn at the next level with you. So mm-hmm. I just like see it, frame it all as a positive and that's yeah. what it is for me. I love it. It's like, you know, I always talk about how your purpose and mission expands and evolves as you expand and yep. evolve. Yeah, it so, has to. Yeah, and the mindset stuff is so important. So when you teach about like the sales psychology and subconscious stuff, like how does that look? Do you go into, do you go into the woo stuff, the energy stuff as well with the mindset? I do. I do. And I, I, I know really, you're like, you're, you're woo. You are. <laughs> I am pretty freaking woo. I don't know if I bring quite the level of, of woo into like some of the stuff that I, uh, have currently, but I really try to, I don't know. I'm just, I, like I said, if you guys know the Myers-Briggs, I am such an INTJ. So I'm like anything that I teach, like any claim that I make, I'm going to back it up with some science. I'm going to back it up with some data because otherwise like, I don't know, in my INTG, INTJ brain, I'm like, well, then it's just like, not that it's fluff, because obviously it's still really good content, but I'm just like, in order for me to serve at the highest level, 
I know I have different learners in my groups Mm -hmm. who like want to know, but why, but like, why, how does that work? Why Mm -hmm. does that work that way? And that's always been my question for for all the things like (laughs) I learned about law of attraction, law of vibration, and it was exciting and I was leaning into it, but it wasn't until even, and obviously there's iterations and there's layers that get peeled back. But even more recently, as I started kind of diving into Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, love him. I'm like, I can't wait to go to his events. Dude, like just, it just took everything to me, like for me to the next level of like depth of understanding, depth of like, oh no, 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 no. Like this is, is re- like, this is legit. Like give me the science, give me the quantum physics, give me the psychology behind it. Show me the brain scans, show me the yes. like vibrations, yes. like <laughs> give me all of that. So whenever I'm kind of introducing um, any kind of belief that I have or any kind of claim or, or new piece of information to my audience, I always want to back it up. I just want to back it up with something. So um, I'm like, what was your question? <laughs> was like, like just bringing in all of, oh, you're saying like bringing all of that into like the sales psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when I'm teaching sales psychology stuff, you know, I'm, I'm addressing the fears that people have around like niching down or around getting on a sales call. I'm also talking about it through the lens of like your energy and like the psychology of like, nonverbal communication. What are you communicating on your sales call, even when you're not saying anything? And I'll get a little like into the quantum stuff of of, like how energy works and all that in in that. I'm also bringing in like hypnosis stuff Mm -hmm. of like brain priming, rewiring your neural pathways to think a different way when you're approaching sales, think a different way as a magnetic leader and really stepping into that. And then also like the total tactical, like here's a script, here are the patterns here's what's going to help someone on a sales call really understand what's possible for them. Here's what's going to open up that next level of uh, seeing what you can do, seeing how their problem is actually creating more pain for them and what's going to happen 20 years, 30 years, 40 years down the road. So like I'm, I'm always trying to bring in all of those layers. And I, I feel like in the past I was only attacking it from one lens. And over the years, I've just through my own process. And I'm sure in 20 years, it'll look completely different, right? Like it'll just be like this next level version of it. Um, but yeah, I've just been adding in all the layers and, and starting to recognize like, where are the sticking points for people? What's stopping them from taking action? What's stopping them from getting the result? Mm. And that's why it's like been like layer after layer of like, at first it was just the strategy. Oh, they just yeah. need the, the, the sales script. Yeah. Well, okay. So 50% of the people had success with just the sales script. What about the rest? What stopped them? And going, okay. Well, for them, they believe that sales was scary. So like, okay, we got to attack those beliefs around sales. Mm. And then what's the next layer of like, well, they're not actually, yeah, they're showing up, they're going through the motions, they're doing the live videos, but they're not vibrationally attractive. I love how you're explaining this and combining all Yay. the three. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm so glad. Yeah. So it's like, for me, I'm just like, all of those things matter. And if one is missing, can you still have success? Of course. Like, can you, if you're just like magnetic and totally in your purpose and you don't have the perfect sales script, like, will people still want to work with you? Hell yeah. You know, like, it's not that you can't have success without one, but like when you have all of those layers, just like the level of impact that you can make and then the, and the level of confidence that you can have when you show up because you can communicate at such a high level, like it just makes such a big difference. Like it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it, well, strategy and mindset are really linked. You know, uh, a a lot of people, like if they have a limiting belief around selling, Mm -hmm. then (laughs) 
the like you can have the strategy and it's, well, I see that too, where, you know, you can give somebody a million dollar strategy on a silver platter. And if they're getting in, like, like you just see people get into like learning paralysis or like personal development, like paralysis, basically where they can't take a step forward because they're either telling themselves a story that, well, I'm not ready yet, or I have to learn more, or, you know, I, I, I have to wait until this email is perfect. Well, how are you going to know that it's quote unquote perfect if you never put it out a first draft? Mm. Like it just makes, it's just totally backward thinking. And so just like, we got to punch all those out. <laughs> and it's like, if you didn't have any of those like beliefs and those stories and you were just like a robot and you took the strategy and you did the work and you implemented, like you would have a result. Like we are slowing ourselves down. Like it is our mindset, our belief system, our model of the world that's as business owners, like we become our own bottlenecks Mm. based on our thinking. And if you want, if you're like, well, what are God, what are my beliefs? What am I thinking? What's the vibration that I hold? Just look at your current reality Mm -hmm. because that is a culmination of all of your past thoughts and vibrations. So it's like, if you want to know what you think about money, look in your bank account. That's what you believe about money. Mm-hmm. You want to know what you believe about relationships on, and it might not be totally conscious. It's on a subconscious level, yeah. which is why people like you exist. And people like me, we're like obsessed with doing this work and, you know, helping people free themselves of these old belief systems and these old patterns that we don't see as beliefs. We see them as facts, right? We see them as this is just the way the world works. Mm-hmm. We don't see them as beliefs. And that's why they block us. <laughs> that's yeah. why they're, you know, yeah. limiting. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you want to know what you think about business or being a leader or um, hiring or attracting great clients, like people go, I can't, all the people, I keep getting objections, money objections. Mm. Nobody wants to hire me because they just, my stuff's too expensive. Meanwhile, their stuff's like $33 for like <laughs> a call. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with it. It's either you're holding that vibration that you don't feel you're worthy. Mm-hmm in what you're doing, or you wouldn't invest, you haven't invested or won't invest in yourself. Like it's usually like one of the two beliefs and like those sure, like, of course have legs of their own. And there's like fragmented beliefs off of that. But like in, from what I've seen, like it really comes down to one of those two things, not believing yourself and feeling you are worthy yourself or having your own money vibrations of like, I can't invest. Or people will say, I can't invest until I make money. Yeah. You're not going to make money until you invest because you're holding a vibration of a broke person. Mm -hmm. Do you have like certain things where like that you help that that you share with people to help them shift out of that fast? Like when it comes to raising their vibration and changing the story? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think similarly to you, like doing like hypnosis and EFT and, and a lot of the NLP work, like there's so many different like tactics and strategies. But honestly, I think if somebody really just is listening to this and maybe they don't have a one-on-one coach who specializes in, you know, working around this, like I said, literally look at what your life is right now. And from that, like, just make a list of all the beliefs that you have about whatever area you want to work on. So if it's, if it's specifically money or if it's specifically business, you're like, okay, well, right now I am making 5k months. Okay. Well, if that's where you've created a ceiling, in the past, what is the belief that you have about money? And like literally just start journaling and start uncovering some of those things and then challenge them. Like, is that really true? If you see someone else making more or living in a different way, then that's evidence, that's proof that there's another way to live 
And then it becomes about, okay, how do they think? Mm-hmm. How do they think? How does, so I started asking myself this question a couple of months ago. I was operating from my current and past self, making decisions that were reactive in my business mm. and that were really thinking small. And so I had a big shift when I started asking the question, what would the $10 million version of me do? I love if I had a 10, like, cause I was like, screw the, like, you know, <laughs> this amount or that. I'm like, let's just go big. Like, cause 10 million feels like that is a definite different version of me. Like, I feel like in this version, like I could get to like a good, you know, 10 million feels way outside of where I am right now. And I'll probably listen to this in some years and hopefully laugh and be like, oh, that young Jen, right? <laughs> but that for me, I don't know why that was the number, but I, I had to make some big decisions in my business. And I was like about to go all in with this other project, this other thing that I was like really lit up about. I was really excited. And then I said, would the $10 million version of me do that? Mm. And I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And it just became so insanely clear. Wow. And I was like, oh shit. Okay, so what would the $10 million version of me I'm do? I'm so okay. curious what she would do. Yeah, well then I was like, in that moment, I was like, well, the $10 million version of me would be like hiring people and bringing them on as co-coaches and head coaches in my programs. And so now my really good friend um, and who is my accountability partner for like for forever, who's like one of my students now, she's amazing. Uh, Jennifer Connor, she's uh, a life and divorce coach. And she is now, because she's got like years and years of experience in business and she was like my person forever. She's now in one of my programs as the head results coach. So like she's facilitating a lot of the coaching in the like more introductory program. And she's also going to be doing some coaching calls uh, when we reopen like our group coaching program. And my integrator, Ryan, like he's amazing at strategic planning. And so started having um, him take on some one one of the one-on-one clients that I work with. She's building an agency. And he was like, I feel like I can help her. I'm like, dude, let's do it. Let's get you, uh, you guys will do a one-on-one coaching call. And they ended up doing two of them because they really like, were like, holy shit, this is what we really need. Like we needed to map out our projects. And like, to me, that's so exciting because I am like smart enough to know at this point in my life that like, I don't have all the answers. I don't want to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. I don't like, I played that game of like, I need to know Facebook ads and I need to know copywriting and I need to know this and I need that. Like, and sure I was and am to some degree, like a walking encyclopedia of a lot of stuff. Like I'm sure many of us learners are, but I was like, how am I monetizing that? What am I doing with that? Is that the best use of my time? Do those things actually light me on fire? And the answer was no. Like, could I do a coaching call about strategic planning? Sure. Would that be more time, more energy, more effort? for me to be like, how do I start a plan? All right, let me figure out my system. Like that's never going to turn into anything that I monetize. So like, I just do it intuitively. I have somebody on my team now that helps me with it. So like he can teach it and he's excited to teach it. So it was like, shit, the next level version of me is like not only building a team of people to help with like the behind the scenes stuff, Mm -hmm. but to like share that spotlight because I don't even really like being in the spotlight (laughs) and just like be like, here, let's all like learn together. Like there's way smarter people than me in these different areas. Like they're more expert than I am. So great. They want to be put in front of a new audience. My audience needs what they've got. I don't want to be behind the scenes working 24 seven. So like, it's a win, win, win all around. So I was like, okay, that's like moving towards the $10 million version where like you look at Tony Robbins, he's kind of like my top tier, you know, $2 million to work with him one-on-one or like two year waitlist, whatever, like a million dollars to your waitlist. So it's like, okay, if that's, if that exists in this universe, 
than like, because people go, what should I charge for my programs? Yeah. Should I do like $1,000 a month? And I'm like, I don't know, Tony, Tony Robbins charges a million. So like whatever the <laughs> hell you want, like that's the bottom. That's like pretty much close to the top. So there's a limitless possibilities in within that box and then beyond that box. So yeah, I've just kind of been trying to operate from this this next level version and make decisions as if that already exists. Obviously manifestation, like that's yeah. where I really bring in the woo. But yeah, it's, it, it's, it really change. It gets you outside of your box. Like we yeah. all have our own like models of the world, like our, you know, we're being given 2.3 billion bits per second of information. We're chunking it down to 126 bits. I'm like the 126 bits that I had a year ago are very different from the, the ones that I'm taking in and filtering today. Mm. because I've done so much work and I want to just continue to do that and do it faster. And when I have the idea, make the decision, bring on the right people and like really freaking make an impact. Like we're not here on this planet forever. It's like, yeah. Yo. what the hell am I doing dragging my feet? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love yeah. that. Like you get, like you don't just connect to your next level. Like you connect to your freaking next, next level, <laughs> like mm-hmm. way bigger. Yeah. Do you have like, um, certain practices or rituals that you do on a daily basis to like stay aligned and connected, you know? It's so funny. I, I don't like rules. I don't know if that's just like a belief or <laughs> wherever that came from, but like, I never really got into having like that specific, um, like ritual daily. And I look at other people who do, and it looks like they're having a really great time with it. <laughs> but for me, when I did have a ritual, it it became something that I checked off. Mm. It became a task. It became something that if I didn't do it, I felt bad. I felt guilty that they didn't do it. I I was like, I don't like that. I don't think that's actually serving me. And so instead I kind of shifted and well, I should, I shouldn't say I don't have rituals because I do. But um, one of the things I started doing is listening to certain audios and brain priming at the, at night, even just one of my favorite ones, um, Bob Proctor. I love Bob Proctor. Like, so good. You guys can find it on YouTube. The OG. <laughs> the OG. But he just says over and over. It's a, it's a money one. Um, oh my God, am I forgetting it now? Like, this is like freaking burned into my memory. Uh, money comes to me in increasing qu- quantities through multiple sources oh, yes. on a continuous basis. One. I know that one. Yes. Very oh, well. I'm so happy and grateful now that money comes to me in increasing yes. quantities. And I can't listen to it now because my freaking fiance is like, he sounds like he has an Irish brogue. I'm like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he says, I'm so happy and grateful now that money comes to me in increasing quantities through multiple sources. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he does not say it like that, but now I can't unhear it. So oh he kind of ruined God, that so for funny. me. But even he gets on board with it now as well. And so some nights when we're going to bed at the same time, just kind of put it on my phone, put it between us. And as we're kind of falling asleep, going into like the different wavelengths. Wow. Um, we just kind of listen to that for like 10 minutes and then go to bed. That's awesome. Do you do anything in the morning? Like when you first get up? Honestly, no. And I'm like, <laughs> part of me wants to be like, yes, I have this like amazing routine. <laughs> like I really don't. Um, you know, I, there are many days where I get up and I look right at my phone, mm. which is a habit that I am in the process of breaking yeah. and really just getting up to, to honor myself. And recently I've just recognized that the $10 million version of me is not doing that. So it's like, okay, what is the $10 million version of me doing? And so like getting up, reading a book, enjoying coffee and just like, like journaling. If I feel like journaling, reading, if I feel like reading, going for a walk, if I feel like going for a walk and like not really having 
a, a rigid schedule around it, but just really leaning into like, what do I feel like I need today? Mm. So I don't know if that offers anything to anyone. No. I know. I used to listen to so many podcasts where he's like, I have my miracle morning and this is what I do. And like, I really used to feel like crap that I, I wasn't maintaining that or I wasn't doing that or I didn't like have a certain crystals that I was using. And I was just like, you know what? It doesn't look the same way for everybody. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. So. No, I love that. Thank you for sharing like yeah. your little morning and evening thing. Thanks. Wow, I feel like we went so many places in this. You're dropping <laughs> the gold in this. Man. Oh shit. Okay, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so many places. So good. Is there, I guess we'll wrap it up. Is there anything else that you feel called to share to those who are listening, those who are stepping into their $10 million versions of themselves? <laughs> Okay, I will share this because we were together when, when I kind of had this breakthrough. Um, we were doing some meditation on a girl's trip and I kept seeing my little niece's face mm. over and over again and hearing a voice saying, she is your teacher, she is your teacher. And I was like, okay, like, that's cool. Like, I will go into this deep meditation, like seeing her little nugget face, like all day. Like, that's <laughs> definitely a good image to hold on to. And then kind of as I was coming out of that, I started to really think about it and go, okay, well, what did that mean? In what way is she my teacher? Like, obviously she's just an amazing little human. And I, and I have this idea that, you know, when we're all together as a family and we're hanging out, everybody wants to be around little Rania. It's either you are holding her, loving her. You're standing next to the person holding her, waiting for your turn. Or you just got your turn and you're in the corner of the room, kind of creeping out of the corner of your eye, clocking like, where'd the baby go? Like, where is she? Because you want to go in and like make a diving swoop and like take her, right? <laughs> like my family's ridiculous. Like she, that poor kid, like she like doesn't mind it. Thank God she's like the chillest baby ever, but she just gets passed around to every single person. And it's just like little hot potato. Oh my God. So I really started looking, thinking about that going, well, damn, she has got every single one of us wrapped around her finger. Everybody wants to be around her, be in her energy. Like, what is it about her? And I was just like, that is magnetic leadership. That is it. Being so freaking present in a state of non-judgment, in a state of pure joy. She doesn't have to be on a podium or be on a soapbox teaching anything. She's not giving you a strategy. She's can't even talk. She <laughs> says like, blah, 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 blah. That's all she knows how to say. And yet... She is communicating and teaching through her energy, through her vibration, mm. through her joy, through her ability to look at a tree and see a tree for the first time. Because mm. she literally is seeing a tree for the first time. Yeah. But still, it's like when you can look at her and watch her, and if you have an animal, same thing, like cats, dogs, whatever, like they don't have a dialogue going on in their head. And the only like depressed cats and dogs are the ones that live in close proximity to humans. So, <laughs> like when they're in their natural state, they don't know how to not be present. They are only yeah. present. Like I had a voice teacher, I was a musical theater person, did voice, one, weekly voice training for 10 years. And one of my voice teachers, he had a cat and he, James would not have to tell me when I was singing from a place of authenticity, from a grounded place, from my diaphragm, the cat would tell me. Because as soon as I would like drop in, the cat would come out of the closet and sit on the piano bench and stare at me. Wow. So I was like, I did it. Thanks, Lester. Like I just, so like animals and babies, like they are just so incredible teachers when, when we are trying to figure out like, how do I become more joyful? How do I become more present? How do I become more magnetic? Mm -hmm. And so like, obviously today we talked about like some strategy stuff, but if there's one thing that I'm like really obsessed with in this moment... <laughs> And like really want people to take away is like working on your vibration 
is your number one priority. Uh, yes. I say that all the time. Yes. Right? Like, because if you, you can, like we said before, you can have this $10 million strategy. I can give you that, or I don't know if I can give you a $10 million strategy, but like you could be handed the million dollar strategy on a platter. But if you are getting in your own way, or if you look bored, or if you look unavailable, or if you're just not in an energy that people want to be around, you will not attract the clients. Mm-hmm. And people want, they like when you're in a group coaching program, there's like somebody, there's like that rock star student, and everyone's got the same strategy, but everyone wants to go and be like, Steph, what'd you do? How'd you do it? Cause your Facebook ad, can I see this? Can I see that? It's like, it wasn't what they did. I mean, yes, they took action. They implemented, Mm -hmm. but it was who they were being. Yeah. How they were being, who they were being as they were showing up and doing the work. Mm. And like, I know you talk a lot about like the be, do, have model, but like, that's what magnetic leadership is, Mm -hmm. right? That's, I think the secret sauce. Like I figured that out the other day or like connected those dots and I, I, I shared that with someone. They're like, well, that's a baby. Babies haven't gone through life yet. They <laughs> haven't had the struggle. So like, it's really not that impressive. <laughs> I was like, ouch, okay. <laughs> but then I really started thinking about some of the, my, the people that I follow. Mm-hmm. People like Tony Robbins, for example, who can stand on a stage for 16 hours, love him or hate him. He can stand on a stage for 16 hours, not pee, not go to the bathroom, whatever, wow. not drink water and command a room of 15,000 people. That's a lot. That's a lot of freaking people. And not only command the room, but get them to call and response with him. Get them to get up and jump and share things and hug people and do things that they've never done before and never would do in their everyday life. And yet this one man can hold that attention, command that room, stay so insanely present with all of those people that they cannot take their eyes off of him. And I'm like, that's the level of leadership that you can teach it and you can try to like processify it. But at the end of the day, it comes down to vibration. Mm-hmm. And I know he says that too. Like, he's like, if I was in my head trying to teach this content, yeah, I, he's like, I would lose you guys. You would be gone. You would not be with me yeah. because we would get bored. But it's because he's so unbelievably present, like a baby where you just like, mesmerized. Like, wow. Or you see people on Broadway, it's like, they have that star quality of that it, it factor. Yeah. But like, that's what it is. That is, that is the yeah. secret sauce. I love that. I love your, all of your analogies and your stories. You're so good <laughs> with the metaphors. Thank you. Um, yeah, that was really powerful. It's so true. Your vibration right. is number one. Well, I have to give you some credit for that because you were there helping to hold that space for that to come in. So yeah, <laughs> thanks. That was a beautiful, beautiful week. I can't wait till we have our next girls trip. Oh, no, I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. Well, thank you so much for just really going in on this and sharing oh. so much amazing things. For real. You're so welcome. Thank you. Yeah. So where can people find you? I'm going to leave everything in the show notes as usual, but if you want to let them know where to connect with you. Yeah. So you guys can find me everywhere at Hey Jen Casey. It's Jen with one N, Instagram, Facebook, all the places. Um, and also uh, the Inner Boss Podcast. Oh yeah. The Inner Boss Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Your episode's coming out soon. <laughs> <I'm> excited. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. I hope everyone has a magical day. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day. Thank you.